Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Thursday edition of the program, IU gets a win, a very dominating win over Northern Kentucky last night. 79-61, the final score. Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson both look good for the Hoosiers as IU gets their 10th win uh, before 2021 comes to a close. Just one more game uh, between now and Big Ten Conference play, which begins January 2 for the Hoosiers, and that will be a game next Wednesday for IU, the final non-conference game of the year. Lots to get to today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, Greg Mingelt. He covers high school hoops and more for the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. He will join us. We've got lots to talk about with Greg. We're in the middle of holiday tournaments, all sorts of basketball going on almost all hours of the day. And so we'll recap local teams, where they're at, what's going on, how the week has gone, and what's ahead coming up as well. Also, we've got to talk some Romeo Lankford here in this opening segment. Romeo, a starter last night, I believe for the second time this season. He was a starter for the Celtics, and he turned in, I would argue, to say his best performance of the season so far. And so we'll recap that and some other local stuff around hoops. Then in segment number two, Alex Bozich inside the halls, always with me on Thursdays. We'll recap IU Northern Kentucky. We'll look ahead for the Hoosiers. We'll talk about some recruiting topics as well. And it's hard to believe that we are getting ready for all Big Ten play the rest of the way from 2022 when January strikes forward. It's all Big Ten for IU and all the Big Ten teams uh, we're in that part of the year, and it just seems like once you get through the holidays and get through the new year, uh, that before you know it, uh, you're thinking and talking about March uh, in early February to mid-February, and then all of a sudden, the uh, postseason is here. The Big Ten tournament will be here, and I know it seems crazy to think about because it sounds like, uh, I remember just thinking it, the season is just beginning. Uh, is the season ever going to get here? But it is here now. And it is rolling along, and we are about to close out the 2021 side of uh, both high school hoops and college hoops here in the state. So we'll talk about some of that and more with Alex when he's with us a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, let's uh, bring in Greg Mingelt. He's the uh, lead writer for the Hoosier Hill Soups website 
and is covering uh, basketball here in the area, uh, all angles, all the time, it seems. And, Greg, uh, the holiday time for a basketball lover, whether it's professional college or even the high school hoop scene, it doesn't slow down. In fact, I'm not so sure it doesn't pick up just a little bit. If you want to go to basketball games all day right now, you can go to basketball games all day. In fact, right now, uh, Henryville and Crothersville are playing in their holiday tournament. Um, in just a few minutes, we got Silver Creek and Scottsburg playing each other. Uh, actually, it's a little, this afternoon. Um, so, games all day. It's a, If you're a basketball fan, this is the best time of year. You know, I remember being a kid growing up in a holiday tournament. I specifically remember the four-team holiday tournament at Jeffersonville. It was a big deal. They had a couple local teams. They would bring in Frankfurt and maybe another out-of-the-area team. That was always really neat to see Jeff go up against different competition. Now, a four-team holiday tournament, that's almost a rarity. I know Henryville has one today, as you mentioned, but so many of them are eight and even 16-team holiday tournaments. And Indiana is one of the states, and I mentioned this yesterday, talking about some of the uh, big national tournaments going on right now. Mike Woodson was down in Florida to, to watch and recruit one of those tournaments. But Indiana's a state that's kind of limited. They can't travel very far. Even teams that come into the state from more than 300 miles from any part of the border, uh, Indiana cannot play. So despite all that, uh, Indiana's still getting eight and 16-team holiday tournaments. And uh, I think the ones Silver Creek, Scottsburg, Madison, so many others in up at the Jefferson County Tournament at uh, Madison right now. It's an eight-teamer. And uh, just it's amazing to me how this stuff has grown. And four-team tournament is really kind of somewhat obsolete these days. Yeah, and those uh, those tournaments are really cool. We really, really need one around here. I know. I think Jeff had one a few years ago where it had eight or sixteen teams. Yeah, and got it had, off to a good start. Yeah, and just cathedral. Just and, to keep going. Yeah, um, we really need to <laughs> to get one of those around here. I think the like you said, Henryville's four teams, and then now Madison, which uh, that's a, that's turned into quite a cool tournament with Indianapolis Tech there and Warren Central out of Kentucky. Um, I think. Yeah, one one of our schools or uh, organizations really needs to go out of its way to put one of those together um, where you have basketball all day and all night. Um, you know, like I said, Jeff went up to one at um, Richmond a few years ago, and of course that's one of the big established ones with 16 teams and teams from Kentucky, like you said. And just let me say that, that the IHSA rule is just really silly. Why are they stopping teams from from, I guess I guess they have their reasons, obviously, but, man, some of the things they do just seem so bureaucratic and has no reason to it. So Yeah. Uh, we, we need to be able in Indiana to have showcases that feature teams from wherever they want to have them from. Yeah, and I've, I've mentioned this, and then Mike Pegram yesterday, he's down in Fort Myers at the big one in Florida. Uh, gosh, uh, City of the Palms. Um, it's got all the different divisions and – you know, all sorts of teams from prep schools down to public high schools. Uh, he, he mentioned that in, in talking about the talent that was there, that perhaps if you don't want to see a team, the same group that can afford it, the same team that's highly ranked every year go to a tournament, maybe you could give a waiver where once every four or five years a team can make a trip when school's not in session, which would alleviate the concern about, well, they're going to have to miss school and they've got to make up classwork and things of that nature. But uh, I agree with you, and I also agree it would be nice to uh, see something local come. And I can tell you there have been some conversations here locally uh, that uh, maybe it'll come to fruition uh, in the near future. But uh, we'll get into some high school hoops here 
uh, more so. I want to talk about the Red Devils of Jeff in just a moment, but I kind of want to lead today with Romeo Langford. He got the starting assignment. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was his second opportunity to start for the Celtics last night, and he made the most of it. In fact, um, I didn't get to see the game. I was watching New Albany tell City uh, in person. I had the IU Northern Kentucky game on my phone, and uh, I was trying to keep up with Romeo and the Celtics a bit as well. But I understand, Greg, that he was credited with the rebound at one point of the game that would have given him a double-double performance last night. And then when they, the game ended or at some pause, they updated the stats and credited the, the rebound to someone else. Otherwise, Romeo would have had a double-double uh, as we talk about him today. Yeah, and uh, just nine rebounds, I believe, was uh, his season high. I believe eight was before that. Um, was one point short of a season high, both in the same game. And not only that, I think the most important thing is I think this is the first time this year he has significantly contributed to a Celtics uh, to 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 their uh, to their success. Let's just say it that way, um, and to really be a big part of that, and that's important in in, in a player's development. You know, when when you get bit minutes, um, you're going to have stuff like that every once in a while. But when you're part of the regular rotation, like he's become. Uh, you need to have performances where you're kind of lifting your team for a little bit in the NBA or, or honestly, you're just not good enough to be in the NBA. So this is a big step for him um, to be, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier this year, just the fact that he's playing every single night is a, is a, is a good sign. And now that he's um, contributing to wins, that's a, an even bigger thing. And um, I think I think uh, the kid can play some basketball. I think so too, uh, <laughs> Greg. You follow all levels of basketball. It's amazing to me that your knowledge of names and players. What what changed last night for the Celtics for him to get into the starting lineup? I know that he's been playing on a regular basis, but is there an injury or two, or a COVID issue or two, or has Romeo just truly been in those minutes he's been getting consistently? earned this opportunity to start maybe here and there coming up. Yeah, they've had some, I think, especially now in the NBA, uh, th- this is happening a lot um, where players are sit. I think players sit out for less significant injuries now in the regular season. So um, he's getting in the starting lineup, I, I believe, because of injuries. But um, it- he's now playing regularly every night. So I wouldn't be surprised if this happens quite a bit where he's uh, one of the wings in the starting lineup when when uh, when need, the need arises, so yeah, it's um it's a good sign for him uh, to have a long, productive NBA career. Yep, absolutely. Greg Mingell of HoosierHillSoups.com. He's with me Thursdays. We talk through the local basketball scene, uh, NBA with Romeo, college, lots of former players from the local area doing well. He writes about all those guys on a daily basis as well. And of course, we we've got to talk some high school basketball holiday tournament. Uh, obviously is, is kind of the, the topic now. We started with that today. In fact, uh, Silver Creek and Scottsburg, which uh, should be a pretty decent game. I think Scottsburg oh, yeah. would be a favorite in that contest. Scottsburg 6-2. and two. They're playing uh, right now as well. Madison and Switzerland County play later today. Then the uh, Silver Creek-Scottsburg winner and loser will play again later tonight uh, in the consolation bracket of that Jefferson County Invitational Tournament. So let's start with the Dragons. Um, it's weird 
and I've seen Jeff or I've seen Silver Creek play once in person this season at Jeff. It was a game that we uh, broadcast here on the Big X. But when I see the scores come through or read your reports, it is odd to see the Dragons, who have been so very dominant, not win all their games. And we saw them get clipped yesterday by Southwestern, and I think they're in for a real battle today against Scottsburg. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know, you that. Um an impact has been made by losing two Division One players. How can you imagine that <laughs> being the case? You lose two Division One players, of course you're going to drop a little bit, and of course they've got a a star uh, who's you know on the verge of being a superstar. Um, so they're going to win a lot of games. I think in high school, especially when you got a go-to guy, you're going to win a lot of games. But I think it's we finally come to the conclusion that they're not the same team that they were the last few years. Uh, you know, it just kind of hit hit me last night. You know what? They they lost uh, two pretty darn good players. Of course, they're not quite the same team. So, uh, I think in that conf- that conference is good too. I mean, you got North Harrison and Brownstown. Obviously, Brownstown just beat North Harrison, and uh, you got Scottsburg. We talked about. I think they're legit. They're young, um, but they're legitimately talented in that area. And then, of course, Eastern. Eastern's won six games in a row. They've looked really – no one's come close to them in that six-game winning streak, by the way. And uh, so that conference, pretty much every night, um, you're going into that um, playing a pretty good team. And, um, you know, and if, if Eastern is really experienced, that 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 in and out – Corden is healthy now early in the season. They weren't. They, re, they got Tyler Fessel back. So you're talking about six really good teams. So that's going to be a, a tough conference to get through this season. Yeah, you know, it's really been a tough conference – the last number of years, but Silver Creek was just on most occasions that right. much better other than a, an occasional real challenge from North Harrison. So I agree the Mid-Southern Conference should be a fun one to watch unfold when we get to January and into February of the season. Uh, Jeff got a win yesterday and New Albany got a win as well. So it helped both of their records a bit, but when's the last time mm. Jeffersonville started the season one and four and New Albany was two and three headed into last night's game I think both of those teams have some opportunity to improve, although New Albany's schedule uh, the weeks ahead is unbelievably tough. Jeff has played a tough schedule without Will Lovings-Watts, but he's back and was part of the victory last night over Wagner. But two teams that normally uh, are right there at the top of the pack. I think we thought Jeff would be at the top of the pack, and I'm not so sure they won't end up being there when it's all said and done. Uh, but uh, not the, the normal starts for the Red Devils and the Bulldogs this season that fans are so used to. Yeah, like I said about Silver Creek, where you kind of came to the conclusion that uh, that they're not as good as they have been in the past, uh, I think the opposite is probably the case with Jeffersonville and New Albany. We need some more time with those teams um, to find out exactly how good they are, especially Jeffersonville. Like you said, playing without a Division One player, um, playing without their starting point guard, playing without their coach all week last week. I think, um, is is Jeff going to be the team at the end that wins the sectional and the regional? I, we have no idea at this point. But are they a one-and-four team that's not going to contend at all? I doubt it. So um, you put all those things together, and we just, we just have no idea exactly what they're going to be yet. Um, I still have to see something from them to, uh, to show us that, that they are uh, – not a team that's going to lose at Seymour. That that kind those kinds of games going because if they Seymour's a lot better than they have been. Um, but if you're losing to Seymour, you're probably not very good. Um, 
but I don't think that's the team that Jeff has. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're right there uh, with Floyd. I think Jeff and Floyd Central look like the best teams in the sectional and, and maybe New Albany a level below. But, you know, a, as we found out last year, the best team doesn't always win it. So um, I wouldn't count out New Albany for sure. No question. And I, I want to get this note in about Floyd Central as well. You've got them atop of your uh, local power rankings right now, and rightfully so, with a 5-1 and one start to the season. They had wins over Providence and Bloomington South in the same weekend. That's that's a tough feat in itself. And coming up right after Christmas on back-to-back days, they will play Pike, who is really good. Uh, Indianapolis Pike 4-1 and one this season, and then they'll take on 4A Avon as well uh, during a tournament that is at uh, North Central High School. So uh, we're going to find out a lot more about the Highlanders coming up after Christmas, but so far uh, they have been the team here in the area. Yeah, there's no doubt that. So far, Floyd Central is number one in that poll. Um, and I think right now they're probably, um, you look around at the regionals, probably uh, among the top two or three in the regional. Um, I think that, uh, you know, of course, Jeff's in that tournament too uh, with Floyd Central. They just won't play each other. It's been it kind of been separated. Jeff will play Pike and North Central as well. So if you're a local fan and you can travel up to Indianapolis, uh, that'll, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And, and they're both going to get a lot of tests between now and then. Like I said, it's I think what we see between Jeff and Floyd up there um, in Indianapolis isn't going to matter that much in March. We're still going to continue to to see who. The, I I don't think we know yet what's going to happen. And you know, all those years where Romeo was was uh, playing for New Albany, and you had a pretty good idea who was going to win the sectional. I don't think we have that yet. If we do, it's Floyd Central, but I don't think we have that answer yet. Yeah, I agree. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com, all sorts of coverage of the local basketball scene, high school, college, even Romeo at the NBA level. Greg, enjoy your work. Appreciate you uh, finding time to come on with us Thursdays to talk through some of the things that you are writing about, and uh, have a great Christmas. We'll catch up with you again very soon. Always fun. Merry Christmas, everyone. Absolutely. Greg Mingelt with us to start this Thursday edition of the program. We'll head to our first commercial break. As we do, I need to remind you the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Stay with us. A recap of IU Northern Kentucky is next and much more on IU Hoops with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. The Thornton's text line is open. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, my guest, to talk about IU's victory last night. I, uh, Alex, i tell you, one of the things that caught my attention, especially early in the game, is I thought IU's defense was on point 
and that was what helped them uh, really take control of the ball game in the first half against Northern Kentucky. Yeah, they were well prepared. They knew what Northern Kentucky was going to do, which is take a lot of threes. They don't have anybody really that's capable of getting the ball inside and scoring. So they were, you know, playing tight defense around the perimeter, forcing a lot of tough shots. And Northern Kentucky uh, wasn't hitting much of anything in the first half, only scoring 14 points, uh, dismal shooting percentage. And Indiana, quite frankly, could have been up by a lot more than uh, 24 if they would have, uh, you know, played a little bit better offensively. I thought offensively they were they were solid in the first half. But, yeah, defensively they really put on a clinic and set the tone through the first 20 minutes. Uh, I think Northern Kentucky was just really uncomfortable. Uh, and, and, like I said, they don't have anybody they could go inside and score the ball against Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. So they, Indiana knew they were going to take a lot of threes and they were well prepared for it. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Uh, Alex, uh, Anthony Leal uh, got the starting assignment last night. Uh, a few minutes before tip-off, I always check to see the starters once they're locked in and uh, was surprised to see Leal's name on the list of five for the Hoosiers. Your thoughts on that? Was that a temporary assignment for Leal, or has he worked himself into the main rotation and perhaps even the starting lineup? Yeah, I'd be surprised if that's a permanent thing. I mean, I think probably Tamar Bates would have started had he not been out the previous game. Um, obviously, he wasn't at the Notre Dame game because he was back home uh, at a funeral. And so uh, with with Parker Stewart uh, being benched there for the first, first half last night, uh, it was kind of the next man up type of situation. And Anthony Leal had been playing uh, well the last couple games. Uh, defensively, he... I think it brings a lot, and uh, he does a good job, I think, taking care of the ball and passing the ball around, uh, and, and he takes uh, open shots when they come. So uh, a nice reward for him, obviously. Uh, he, he knew about it uh, a couple days before he said last night post game, and made sure that his family was all there uh, to get a chance to see him play or start for the first time in night uniform. But the fact that Parker Stewart started all season and – uh, just sat out last night the first half and then played in the second half. I'd be surprised if it's a long-term uh, situation where he's removed. But, you know, Mike Woodson said last night that he's not going to talk about kind of what uh, led to Parker Stewart uh, not starting. So we'll see what happens here moving forward. Talking with uh, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, no surprise that he leads the way and we're becoming used to Race Thompson being a top performer as well for IU. I think as IU fine-tunes things here this week and, of course, next Wednesday, their final non-conference game before jumping into full-time Big Ten play, uh, having Race Thompson uh, consistent uh, in the front court as far as a rebounder and even a score as well is going to really bode well for the Hoosiers as they get into a tough conference. Yeah, the one thing I was really impressed with last night, just as a duo, and Tyler, I think, wrote about this on Inside the Hall and Five Takeaways, uh, Indiana was playing against the zone last night, and if you remember back to the Syracuse game, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, I believe, combined for 13 turnovers against that Syracuse zone. Last night, the duo combined for, uh, I think it was zero turnovers. So that shows to me that they're making uh, some progress with their decision-making. And Race Thompson, uh, you know, he's not a guy that's going to get on a bunch of the you know postseason uh, Big Ten lists and, and not being talked about as a household name across college basketball, but for Indiana, he's uh, 
arguably to me their their second, third most valuable player. He shows up every night on a consistent basis. You know what you're going to get out of him. Still hasn't really found his touch from the perimeter. I thought it was interesting last night. Mike Woodson said he wants him to keep shooting shots from the perimeter. He wants him to get the confidence that he can make those shots. So we'll see if that comes along at any point. Uh, it hasn't yet, but overall, I think Bryce Thompson just is, uh, you know, a guy that you can rely on on a night-in, night-out basis to get you 10 points, 8 rebounds, and he, he's going to play hard. He's going to defend. Uh, he knows where to be on the court, and uh, he's, he's definitely a huge piece of this Indiana team. Uh, Alex, uh, one other thing to talk about, or one other position to talk about from last night is the point guard spot. It's been a position mm-hmm. that's been in the spotlight uh, and many times not for good reasons, but Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy last night I thought both were solid for IU. Yeah, Xavier Johnson, uh, if you look at the stat line, was very good, well-balanced. The thing I liked about him last night was, you know, in the Notre Dame game, they were giving him the three-point shot. I think he took nine of them. I don't think he took one three last night. I don't know if that was a conscious uh, decision or something that the coaches talked to him about uh, in terms of the three-point shot. But uh, he was, I thought, solid for the most part last night. And Rob Finnessy, uh, I think, continues to gain confidence as he gets healthier. He had a scary moment there last night where he landed awkwardly on his ankle but was able to get back up and continue. He scores, uh, I think it was, 10 points off the bench. More importantly, though, he hit two of his three three-point attempts, which he's got to continue to to try to hit at a high percentage and, and take those shots when they're open. I like that he didn't really force any of those shots. They were all kind of within uh, the rhythm of the offense. He makes two of the three. I think that's a positive. So overall, I think those two guys are playing relatively well. Christian Lander, uh, kind of the third guy there uh, in the mix, got a little uh, time last night. But, you know, Matt, one of the questions I get asked about the most, and I'm sure you get – asked the most, most is, you know, why doesn't Lander play? And I think last night when you saw him come in the game immediately, uh, he had two breakdowns on defense and had a turnover, and that kind of answered the question to me of why he's not playing consistently. There's just not enough uh, there uh, that differentiates him, makes him a better option than Rob Finnessy or Xavier Johnson. And Mike Woodson, to his credit, he's not handing out minutes uh, out of pity or just because you're a five-star recruit. He's going to give the minutes to the guys who have earned it and so far, based on what they do when they're actually on the court, I think Xavier Johnson and, and Rob Finnessy uh, deserve to play over Christian Lander moving forward. Talking to Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, one other note, and you wrote about this after the game last night, I think especially as you think about Big Ten games coming up, Indiana at times has looked really good. Whether it's mm-hmm. defense, offense, they, they've had some really good moments, and at times even a really good half. But Indiana this season, if you look back at almost every game, they've been un- yep. unable to really dominate the game for the length of the contest, 40 minutes of college basketball. And uh, I think that is something to remember, something to think about as we look at Big Ten play coming up, that this Indiana team, there have been some bright spots uh, individually. There have been some bright spots, and I think in imp- improvements with the team overall from last season. But uh, Indiana has yet to sustain – control of a ball game I think for 40 minutes so far this year that's concerning yeah I mean last night I give them a little bit of a pass because of just how dominant they were in the first half being up by 24 it's it's really hard to sustain that uh for two halves I I don't care who you're playing uh you know it's one thing if you're playing you know in a big 10 ACC challenge game or a big conference game and you've got the crowd in it for the whole 40 minutes, and you've got all this adrenaline going. But when you're playing, 
you know, a low to a mid-major team at home a couple days before Christmas, it's 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 hard to maintain your focus for that long. I don't care what team it is, and it's it's hard to to continue to try to uh, you know play at the highest level uh, for a full forty minutes. That's not an excuse uh, for Indiana. They do need to do better, and I wrote as much. But you know, last night I, I think in many ways did show uh, a little bit of growth. They didn't they weren't great in the second half defensively, but they still never really got themselves in a position where the game was was in. Uh, in the balance. I mean, you remember back to that early, I think it was Eastern Michigan, maybe in the first game of the season, I think they won by six, but it was, it was late in that game where, where you wondered uh, if they were going to be able to hold on last night. I mean, even though they gave up 47 in the second half, I don't think Northern Kentucky got within uh, closer than 15 in the second half. So they, they were in control basically wire to wire, but they do need to, uh, try to, to maintain their focus for, for longer stretches in the game. I mean, I don't, I don't know that this team's ever going to be one that plays a full 40 minutes great wire to wire. There's very few teams in college basketball that can do that. But more often than not with this team, it's been about 20, 22 minutes in a game where they play really well, and the rest of it is average to below average play. And I think the worry is when you get into Big Ten play and you're starting to play some better teams, uh, you're not going to be able to get away with that. But I, I do think they're going to play uh, better in, in league play just based on the circumstances and kind of the stakes of the game. It's hard to get up, as I said, for a Northern Kentucky or next week for a UNC Asheville right around the holidays. Uh, they, they still got out of there with a comfortable 18-point win, so hard to beat them up too much over that. Uh, Alex, uh, what's the next week look like? Does anyone know uh, for IU basketball, is there some time away uh, with there not being a game until next Wednesday or because of COVID and, and the rise of that, again, we're seeing in college sports uh, and causing some issues, even even with uh, Big Ten Conference teams like Ohio State. Will players have to stay around campus? Have you heard anything about what the next week looks like for this uh, for this IU team? Well, Mike Woodson said last night that they're, uh, they have to come back on Sunday, so it sounds to me that they're going to have a chance to – uh, go uh, home if that's uh, what they wish to do. And I assume most players would probably uh, want to do that and get a break and get some time off. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I think uh, the COVID situation is obviously uh, evolving, uh, not just by the day, but by the hour, just in terms of what leagues are doing in terms of the forfeit policy, the no contest policy. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I saw something this morning uh, that the SEC is going to kind of make teams continue to play as long as they have seven players available so there's not going to be like uh, one or two guys test positive and then you don't play uh, I think they're going to kind of forge on and I, I think we're going to see more of that we'll see what the Big Ten uh, officially adopts in terms of a policy but in terms of Indiana my understanding is, is that they won't practice again until Sunday and uh, guys are going to have a chance to, to go home and spend some time away from from basketball and, and from campus for a little bit. Alex, you mentioned the Big Ten COVID policy as far as forfeitures go. Uh, I don't think there's been any announcement on what they're going to do, but there was an official announcement, was it yesterday or the day before, that they are looking into it and there could be a change from what was initially set before the season began. Yeah, well, I mean, there's got to be a change because the circumstances have changed. You know, they, they, they asked everybody to do – uh, what they could to get their teams vaccinated and the booster shots obviously available now in most circumstances. Um, but uh, at the same time now with this uh, and not to play epidemiologist here matter, get in t- 
too deep into the weeds, but obviously with the, this new variant spreading and, uh, you know, we've seen the NBA, there's been a lot of breakthrough cases. I think college basketball is going to have to be uh, become a little bit more flexible and acknowledge that a lot of these teams have done uh, as much as they can do to, to kind of uh, avoid uh, their, their teams getting uh, infected with COVID. But, you know, if your team's uh, vaccinated and they're boosted and they're still getting uh, infections and having uh, guys having to sit out, I mean, I don't think it's fair in those situations to make a team uh, forfeit or lose a game uh, based on something that's really out of their control. It's out of all of our control at this point. So we kind of just have to roll with the punches and see what happens. But, yeah, I definitely think the Big Ten is going to have to to do something you know i think a lot of these leagues have already come out and said that they're they're going to try to reschedule games when they can and if game can't be rescheduled it's going to be a no contest because i just don't think it's uh the right thing to do to force a team uh to forfeit if they've done basically everything they can do and 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 really this is just like i said out of out of everyone's control and i just have to make the best of the situation and hope people uh, stay as safe as possible and we'll see i mean the nfl seems like they're changing some things and I think a lot of times in these situations in terms of testing and letting guys play with uh, if they don't have symptoms even if they test positive I think a lot of this stuff is going to start at the professional level and you'll see a trickle-down effect so it may be uh, weeks maybe months before the NCAA or college basketball kind of adapts the rules but I definitely think changes are going to be uh, on the horizon the next couple weeks and months and we'll see how it all uh, shakes out. Alex, yesterday we talked some about the Big Ten Conference because after one more non-conference game, that's where IU is headed the rest Mm -hmm. of the way. Um, The conference as a whole, compared to last season and the year before, you know, I've been disappointed in Michigan. I thought they would be better. I mean, they're a good team, but I thought they would be better. Purdue, I think, has has been the best. Uh, Where do you see the conference at as far as compared to recent years and maybe just a breakdown of things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – good league i don't think it's as good as it has been the last couple years um you know you mentioned michigan i don't think they have some time to figure it out but i picked them to win the league in the preseason and right now i would probably uh back off of that for sure you know i think they're a team that has a chance to to be really good and be you know a top four or five team in the big ten but i don't think i would pick them to win the league uh Purdue, uh, I think, is really good. I think Illinois has a chance to be really good. They've, they've played better lately. Ohio State's a team that, that's been uh, pretty solid, I think, is in the rankings. I mean, Wisconsin, obviously, Indiana fans are familiar with them from watching them play the Hoosiers early, early in the season, and they've been good, but then they also really uh, got embarrassed on the road uh, against Ohio State earlier this month. Uh, you know, the teams that, that are better uh, than, I, than I thought – that would be obviously Minnesota. I think they're ten and one. Uh, they don't have a lot of great wins, but they did beat Michigan on the road, so that's one that really kind of gave them some credibility. And, and Iowa as well. I think uh, offensively is really good, but de- defensively uh, they're just uh, have a long way to go. I think Northwestern's a solid team uh, that could potentially give uh, some Big Ten teams a problem. But, you know, the really the only teams that I look at and say that are. Uh, not really where uh, I thought they'd be. I thought Nebraska was going to be a little bit better than this, and they've been uh, really, really poor uh, to start the season. So uh, there's not really any teams that are a complete rollover uh, in this league. But there, you know, at the top, I, you know, I feel like Purdue's really good. But after that, I feel like on a given night, most teams are going to be able to to uh, 
uh, compete with everybody, uh, depending on how they're playing. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, one of the things I had in my notes for today after we kind of discussed the IU Northern Kentucky game, uh, Mike Woodson, I know we still have one more non-conference game to go. I know there's a lot of Big Ten basketball ahead as well, but as we get ready to pause here for a week between games and, of course, during the holidays, can you kind of review the uh, Mike Woodson era so far, uh, whether it's on the court, X's and O's, whether it's recruiting, whether it's the assistant coaching staff, how so far in the very early days of his administration or his time in Bloomington do you see this thing going? And I know it's way too early to make any final decisions or judgments, but is he trending things in the right direction at this point? Well, I mean, it's early, but to me, I just think the way that he conducts himself, the way that, you know, his, his sideline demeanor, the way he, you know, us in the media, the way he, he kind of treats everybody the same, answers all the questions in the same way, you know, the players seem to really like him. I, I just think uh, more so than with Archie Miller and Tom Crean, he's, he seems to me just to be more of a, a normal person that, that kind of just realizes that there's uh, this is obviously a big job that he's in, but he, he doesn't ever seem to overwhelm by the moment. He, he uh, and maybe that changes when they may start losing some games or have some situations where people are questioning his coaching decisions. But to me, he just seems to get it uh, and understand what it means to be the coach in Indiana. Have they played the most challenging schedule so far? Absolutely not. Are they going to take some, some tough losses in Big Ten play. I mean, I, I think really the numbers suggest that this is a team that is, is probably going to be close to 500, maybe a little bit better in league play, uh, depending on how everything shakes out. So he's going to take some losses. But I, I just feel like uh, he's a steadying presence. And in terms of recruiting, I think he's done a really good job. I think they know that the guard play has to get better. I think he's really um, prioritized that. Uh, next season's roster, obviously, is is shaping up to, to, to probably be pretty strong depending on who comes back and whether or not they can get some additional help in the front court. So I like, for the most part, I'd give them a solid B plus A minus so far. Uh, you know, you know, if they were, if they were able to have won those games against Wisconsin and Syracuse, that, you know, this would probably be a top 10, top 15 team in the rankings. And they were right there uh, in both of those games with a chance to, to win both of them. So, you know, overall, I think he's he's done a really good job, but I just feel like he is in control of uh, the program and, and kind of has the respect of everybody. I think the fan base really uh, respects him, and I think the players and, and people around the administration really uh, think he's done a, a good job so far. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, there's going to be turbulent times ahead because you know winning on the road in the Big Ten is going to be. Uh, tough as we've already seen with the Wisconsin game but I think so far it's hard not to be optimistic about uh, the immediate future uh, given what Mike Woodson's done so far. All right Alex final question for you Uh, 2023 recruiting guys that are uh, uh, getting ready to be seniors in high school or I guess I should say guys that are juniors this season in high school basketball uh, mm-hmm. I know there's been some discussion lately about uh, Kwame. Is it Evans from Montverde mm-hmm. that's going to take an official visit, which is big stuff for IU? Where does that class stand? What's uh, the next need in that recruiting class? And are there any names that you think right now are both ways IU's interest and their their return interest in IU at the top of the list? 
Well, they've already got Newton and Cups committed, so they're in pretty good shape from a guard standpoint. I think next you got to look at the wing positions and, and front court help, and I think they're obviously going to be very active in those areas. But you know, recruiting is, is has changed so much, Matt. That you know, I think the transfer portal is going to be such an important tool moving forward, and. Uh, you know, I feel like with this class, they, they've got a really solid foundation. I think they're going to be able to take some huge swings at some maybe top five, top ten kids that, that maybe they, they wouldn't have uh, in this first recruiting cycle because they've got a couple of guys committed. They have, I think, a pretty solid foundation of what's coming in next season. But I think they're going to have to maybe, you know, get two or three guys every year in the recruiting class and then fill out the rest of the roster with the transfer portal. We've talked about this before. Um I I don't think it's going away. And I think there's going to be situations where you can get really good players, really good contributors from the portal on a year in year out basis that can help you. I know everyone wants to talk about high school kids, but really, uh, you know, unless you're getting the cream of the crop uh, every year, five-star kids, there's not a lot of guys who come in and make a huge, huge impact in college basketball as freshmen right now. Uh, look at Indiana's roster this season. I mean, Logan Duncombe has basically been a non-factor, and Tamar Bates, as good as he's been, he's a five-star kid, but he's playing off the bench, and uh, you know he's not in one of Indiana's top five players right now. So I think a lot of it's uh, going to come down to whether they can get some maybe these five-star uh, kids. You talked about the kid from Montverde, uh, you know, the, the the top five kid that's supposed to take a official visit uh, in February. Now, a player like that is a potential program changer, a guy that can come in and make an instant impact. But I think really you're going to have to build your depth, uh, let guys come in and get some experience earlier and then kind of sprinkle things uh, in from the transfer portal and, and try to get old. And, you know, that's Archie Miller saying, but I think it's really true. It needs to happen is get old and stay old. And I think another thing for Indiana moving forward is, they have some guys that are going to have extra years of eligibility after this season. Some older players are going to have to try to figure out who they want to keep moving forward. There's probably a couple of guys that they do want to keep moving forward, and that can help uh, also with roster continuity. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Lots of great stuff from last night's game at InsideTheHall.com. You can also follow Alex at InsideTheHall on Twitter. Alex, have a great Christmas. Thank you so much for being our regular IU Insider on Thursdays, and we'll talk with you next week. Thank you, Matt. You have a good Christmas as well, and uh, thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning into the show every week. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk with you, Matt. Have a good day. Thank you very much. Alex Bozich with us on our Thursday program. IU with a convincing win last night. Pretty good game, Uh, first half especially for IU. Very good, especially defensively. Uh, But Indiana with its 10th win in the – uh, 2021 portion of the calendar, and we know what's next. After one more non-conference game, uh, it'll be Big Ten basketball for IU. Of course, that final uh, non-conference game for the Hoosiers coming up next uh, Wednesday, a week from last night, uh, is, isn't is uh, a real attractive one. UNC Asheville will come to Bloomington to close out the 2021 calendar for the Hoosiers. And uh, I was trying to pull up their schedule as Alex was talking. They're actually – Eight and five, so they're having a pretty good season. Um, have uh, have not played anyone to speak of, or ha- have do not have big wins over anyone to speak of. They were defeated soundly by North Carolina, seventy two fifty three back around Thanksgiving. But other than that, pretty much a lackluster schedule 
as far as who they've played, who they've beat, and who has beaten them as well. So uh, UNC Asheville will wrap it up next week before we get to the Big Ten Conference, and I am excited to get into January and see some of these Big Ten matchups uh, the rest of the way. So uh, fun stuff ahead. We'll head to our final commercial break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some local sports from last night, what's ahead as well the rest of the week here on this holiday time in southern Indiana. Stay with us. One more segment to go here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Thursday program. Hopefully you've stayed with us because I didn't expect breaking news here in the final few minutes of our program, but that's exactly what we have I have been told and confirmed with Jeffersonville coach Andrew Grants that a member of their basketball team has tested positive for COVID-19 and the Red Devils must currently go on pause. Uh, And because of the pause and then you've got to get so many practices in before you can return to play, this is very likely it is going to affect the New Albany-Jeffersonville game, which is scheduled obviously at the very start of the uh, 2022 portion of the calendar for high school hoops locally. So uh, the big rivalry, uh, Jeff-New Albany, there's going to be some effect in that contest as far as when it's played, but nothing has been set or moved at this point. Uh, But gosh, the Red Devils just uh, getting Will Loving's watch back, hoping to get Kobe Studemeyer back soon. Coach Grants has had uh, bilateral pneumonia that he's been recovering from, and he did stress to me that this was completely the you know unrelated to his health issues. He was negative for COVID, and every test that he took and uh, was ruled something completely separate. So uh, that's the latest. Jeff on a pause. Their boys' basketball team, due to a positive COVID uh, case within the program, and it will affect when the New Albany Jeff game will be played. That game January seventh. You might say. Gosh, that's a long time down the road still. It's just December 23rd, but with uh, Jeffersonville going on a pause for some time uh, and then having to uh, get practices in before they can return to official competition, that's per IHSA guidelines, uh, that will linger in to that first weekend, I would think, for sure, uh, of the new year. So uh, that's a bummer. The new Albany-Jeff game uh, likely going to be affected here. And, of course, most importantly for Jeff, you want to see everybody stay healthy and their team able to play a regular schedule because they were uh, set to have some big games coming up here over the next uh, week or so. And, obviously, that's going to be different uh, for the Devils as well. Those games will will not take place. Jeff uh, scheduled to take on North Central on December 28th up at the Indianapolis North Central and then take on uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis Pike the next day as well. So some big news here in the final minutes of our program. Just a reminder that COVID-19 still greatly affecting sports, even locally, and the Red Devils of Jeff on a pause now uh, with COVID. Have a great uh, Christmas. I may be back tomorrow for a program. Trying to figure that out right now. 
But if not, I want to be sure I tell you I'm thankful for you, the listener. Uh, and we may be back at 11 o'clock tomorrow, kind of depending on some holiday things for me. But uh, glad you're with us. Check us out as a podcast if you ever can't join the live program. And we'll be back with you maybe tomorrow, uh, and maybe it'll be after Christmas. But we will talk again very soon. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.